So the Knicks may be off to a rough start, but with the help from Indochino, RJ Barrett's style stays on point. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's What B Said, an emergency episode. I'm Bree Rust at Breezy Clee, and as always, I'm joined by my fearless co-hosts, Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View and Meredith Kane, our producer at MK on Sports. All right, ladies, let's cut to the chase. We are emergency potting because we are very well aware of what went down last night. But if you're not, let's get everyone caught up to speed and try to make sense of it all. The Browns beat the Steelers last night with a dominant defensive performance and did enough on offense to get the victory. But all of that was ruined when Miles Garrett decided to hit a helmetless Mason Rudolph over the head with eight seconds left to go in the game. That's when things got ugly. So, Brittany, Mm -hmm. Meredith, we try to be as positive as we can as Browns fans, but this was a lot to take in over the last 12 hours. And I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this entire mess and understand what is going on in the Twitter world with the fans today as well. Well, if you if you're not on Twitter, stay off Twitter today yeah. because Great it advice. is such a there. It is so ugly. Oh my gosh, guys! I can't even. And I obviously like I have no problem sharing my opinions on things. Today, early this morning, I tweeted and I said it feels like this is getting blown way out of proportion, and. If you don't say that Miles Garrett should basically be, you know, thrown out of the league or put in jail or, you know, have some sort of act of violence committed against him, then you're in the wrong, according to these people. You can, because <laughs> I've said repeatedly, there is no excuse for what he did. None. Like, you, there's no defending it. There's no excuse for it. It's wrong. He deserves to be suspended. And you can say all these things over and over and over again. But if you're not saying he should he should be in prison for what he did, if you're not saying, well, you know, he almost killed a guy like you're not saying enough, apparently. So like today's one of those days where I just wish that I didn't have social media so I didn't have to see all of this stuff all day long. And it feels like on top of that, if you point out anything that Mason Rudolph did, everyone is rushing to attack you for, quote unquote, defending Miles Garrett. And it's yes. like you you can admonish what what Mason Rudolph did and also not support what Miles Garrett did. Like it's not yes. a one or the other situation. And that's what I find so annoying. Um, and there were sanctions that came down today uh, from the NFL both teams were fined $250,000. Miles Garrett is suspended indefinitely with a minimum of the rest of the 2019 season plus any post games or postseason games. Uh, Let's see. 
Larry Ogunjobi got a game. Uh, Pouncey got a game. And so far, Mason Rudolph has nothing. And yes. uh, that just feels so wrong. I mean, the rest of the punishments feel fair. Like, as as much as it pains me to say, because anyone who knows me knows Miles Garrett has been my favorite player on this Browns team. But the fact that Mason Rudolph has gotten nothing is, to me, that, that just seems a little egregious on the NFL's part. Like, Miles's, uh punishment was fair. Uh, mm-hmm. Larry Ogunjobi's punishment was fair. And the the punishment that was put down on Pouncey, those two games, those are fine. Like, I have no problem with the sanctions that the NFL put on the players that they did. I am just a little... Befuddled? I'm a little confused. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused I can't even think of the word. I'm so confused as to why Mason Rudolph, who lost his cool for getting sacked. Sorry, Mason Rudolph, you're not that good of a quarterback. You got sacked. You lost your cool. And that's really what sparked the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that there are some people who are arguing that Mason Rudolph didn't start it, which is fine. And you know it's not about who starts it. It's about who finishes it. And obviously everything that Miles did – was so much more egregious than anything else that happened on the field. Uh, But the fact that there is video evidence of Mason Rudolph twisting and grabbing and trying to pull off Miles Garrett's helmet and then running after him to, you know, to go after him like a big man, like that, to me, Mm -hmm. that's enough, at least for an individual fine at bare minimum. And I think Mason Rudolph deserves a game as well. Yeah, Absolutely. and you, you touched on it a little bit, Meredith, but just to break down kind of the final eight seconds of the game, which not to mention everything that happened in these finals eight final eight seconds of the game really put a big cloud over everything good that happened in the game. And nobody's mm-hmm. talking about that, which is yeah, also it's frustrating. Vi- it's a victory Friday. Like, have, it, we have completely forgotten the fact that it is victory Friday. Yeah, and I think I'm most disappointed that Miles Garrett – It was a very selfish move. And we don't know exactly the details of everything because we weren't on the field. We were not in the field of play. We didn't hear what was going on. We didn't hear what was being said. And I think it's really easy to sit back and look at this on replay, on Twitter, on the internet, listen to all of the people talking about it, much like we are today, and form your own opinion. I would say we know Miles Garrett from being around him for the last couple of years, and this is extremely out of character for him. So in my mind... I think Mason Rudolph was frustrated by his performance during the game because let's remember, he had four interceptions. He played terribly. The Steelers were at a third and 28 position in the final eight seconds of the game, and Mason Rudolph was still in the game to make a play. Now, at this point, the score was 21 to 7. Mason Rudolph was not going to do anything at this moment in time to get them back in this game, let alone win the game. So I go back to questioning every decision that's being made up until that point. Why is he in the game? Why is Mike Tomlin throwing? Miles Garrett is doing his job. He's getting after the quarterback. Now, yeah, maybe he took him down late. I think Miles Garrett was also frustrated with maybe some of his play and not getting to the quarterback because he didn't have a sack at that moment in time. And then that's when everything kind of happened after that. And we all saw it happen. But I just want to say, I don't think anyone was innocent in any of this. Miles Garrett did probably the ugliest and the most violent thing out of all of them. What we were talking about earlier was, thank goodness nobody was hurt, because that would have just been horrible to see live. But it's a violent game. He had a helmet. He used the helmet like a weapon. I don't think we agreed with that. But Mason Rudolph had the audacity to act like he was innocent through 
all of this. And I think it was a lot of emotions boiling over and everyone was kind of caught. And Miles Garrett, most specifically, was caught in a position at his worst moment in his life, probably. Uh, So, yeah, one of the things that I really, really did not like or respect was after the game when Rudolph was talking to the reporters and he decided um, that he was going to say, nobody's ever going to bully me. Um, and, you know, he called what Miles Garrett did a coward move. And I'm not even going to argue that. Like, everything that he did was selfish and unwarranted, and I'm full agreement with that. But saying that you're not going to allow anyone to bully you after you were on the ground, you, you were twisting his neck, you were trying to take his helmet off, you kicked him in the groin, it looked like. So all these things, and then you have the audacity to say, I'm not going to be bullied. He threw his hands up in the air like he was an innocent victim in all of this. Um, And I saw people say that anything that Mason Rudolph did up to that point didn't matter. And I'm sorry, I just, I 100% don't agree with that. Because had he not have done what he did, Miles Garrett wouldn't have done what he did. So saying that, well, this isn't his fault, he didn't deserve that, it didn't matter what he did, you know, like, all of these things matter to me, yes. Yeah, I I think, I was just hoping, first of all, I didn't want any of this to happen, clearly, but it all mm-hmm. happened. There were a lot of actions that came out of, that were counters to what other people did, right? It's like the cause and effect. Yes. Full circle. There's a little lesson for you. We do math lessons here, and we do cause <laughs> But... <laughs> I think listening to Rudolph's press conference after two, I really just wanted both guys to hold each other and hold themselves accountable for their own actions. Sure. And it felt like Miles Garrett was maybe a little bit apologetic. Um, I think he showed a little bit of remorse. Obviously, there was a lot more remorse shown today because he knew that the ramifications were going to be quite large, and mm-hmm. they were. And that impact not only affected him, they affected his team and those around him. But Mason Rudolph, take some accountability for your actions, too. He just looked like, I called him a D-bag on Twitter last night. And a lot of people are mad at me for calling him a D-bag. But I didn't like just his body language. He was kind of laughing. Not not laughing, but he had this smirky look on his Mm -hmm. face. The things that he was saying. If you want to talk about maturity levels, like that's not what you want your franchise quarterback, how they should handle it. And I think Baker Mayfield on the flip side did a pretty good job handling the questions and essentially seeing what Miles did wasn't wasn't right. And I think mm-hmm. that says a lot about him as a leader. And it's unfortunate because Miles Garrett should be a leader on this team as well. Yeah. And one of the things that's that's so incredibly disappointing about all this is that for years now we've seen a completely different side of Miles Garrett, right? You know, he he invites fans to come to dog parks and like hang out with him. He does like autograph sessions. He shows up to these things. He just he's always seemed like such a a Fun great running. person. Sometimes he seems like a little kid because yeah. you know, he loves dinosaurs and anime yes. and like yes. that's like one of my favorite things he does on Instagram sometimes. He'll just like randomly post 
like anime trivia or anime fun facts and it's the like most endearing thing mm-hmm. ever yeah and one of the things i also want to bring up that i feel like everyone seems to be forgetting in terms of miles garrett and the type of person that he is is that just a few weeks ago a fan walked up to his car asked him to roll down the window and then punched him in the face yes yeah yes and miles did nothing he yeah didn't he didn't retaliate no yeah. no so this idea that you know now because what happened last night he is this dirty player who should be condemned forever there's people saying that he should be thrown out of the league and you know charges should be pressed and it's like it's hard for us as browns fans to to recognize that he's not this good guy that we always thought he was and i still think he is i think it was just a very very bad ugly moment that he is going to regret for the rest of his life because this will haunt him for the rest of his career i think yeah, and can we talk a little bit? Because there's some rumors going around. Not rumors, but people speculating, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Will Miles Garrett be on this team? Like, Yeah, I'd say will... 100%. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Um, I think he's, I mean, obviously he's going to appeal his suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess for him, best case scenario is he's granted an appeal and he comes back in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think if he is granted an appeal to his suspension, I do believe that the Browns will bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously he was a number one draft pick, so I feel like you, this is a big investment. I just, I wonder, with Baker's comments after the game, how the team has handled it, Jimmy and Dee's comments about mm-hmm. his actions, which nobody is condoning that type mm-hmm. of behavior, Freddie Kitchens, will Miles Garrett feel like he actually doesn't have the support of those around him? And, you know, it, it becomes kind of this question about, is he going to be unhappy? Will he feel like, like, will this team come together or will this ultimately be something that could be the end of what we thought was something great? Wouldn't that be a horrible ending? It would like, be. If, if this is it and, you know, we've, we've seen Miles Garrett for so long now and he's always just seemed like such a genuine, fun, you know, kind person. He, we've always viewed him as this, like, gentle giant. So if... If it happens and this is it, this is the last we ever see of Miles Garrett and he feels like, you know, people, the team, ownership, coaches, in a way, like, turn their backs on him and he's gone. Like, I that will break my heart to see this end like this because I think most of us can all agree that this was completely out of character for him. This is not, you know, the norm of Miles Garrett. This is not what he does. Uh, he's not a dirty player. He, historically, he has not been. A lot of people even, you know, make comments about him being too soft. I've heard that, you know, dozens of times up to this point. So I, w- I hope that it doesn't end this way. And I hope that, you know, everything goes okay and we see him back next year. Also, guys, I think it's it's kind of, um, I'm, the NFL thinks that the Browns might go to the playoffs. So, oh, yeah, like they had to clarify. I mean, like, is that part? But I, I don't know. But is that just like a standard statement? Because, like, even if it was like the Miami, no, Dolphins, Meredith, no, and we're like, taking this one. That yes, is our right. victory. Yes. They right, think we're going right. to the playoffs. There's, that's it. I mean, confirmed I, Browns to the Super Bowl. I mean, there's, I mean, there is a possibility of the Browns going. I mean, I could see every scenario from here on out of eight and eight nine and seven ten and six like all three of those scenarios feel very real and very Mm -hmm. possible uh at this moment in time yeah i I, well we talked about this too what i hate about this whole situation to kind of close the loop on this piece of it a little bit is that now because this was on national tv the narrative around the browns was already something that we all 
hate about how yeah. they how we are perceived and this just adds to that so we were talking about it before we recorded the show and regardless of what happens for the rest of the season there's just this gross dark cloud hanging over us so let's say we win nine go nine and seven or we go ten and six and do the unspeakable it's just mm -hmm. going to be tarnished by this whole this whole string of events and that's what's going to be talked about and now we're perceived as this dirty team and I would just like to clarify Miles Garrett is not a dirty player and I hate that people are using this one really bad example and instance and mm -hmm. stringing it together with some of the hits he had against the Jets game because those were not malice intent hits no. those were just football plays that was momentum carrying him through I don't think that he is this dirty player and the reality is a lot of times the perception is what people think of you and it's really really unfortunate yeah and it's tough for them you know because this whole season has sort of been um what's the best way to say this a turmoil so, yeah and like just very disappointing from top to bottom it has been and things like this don't help especially when talking about likability you know they yes. they brought in all this talent and they started you know from the bottom basically and and now we're building but now you have this team that you know oh at the beginning of the season it was all america's team america's team let's you know do all this and the hype was there and and it's just been a colossal failure for the most part and now you have things like this and it's just like every game it's something else that makes this team more unlikable and yeah, it's it's kind of hard to defend sometimes like all of it there's it really just, is. There's just massive amounts of dysfunction going on yeah. right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we're going to get into that, Meredith. But if the Browns' dysfunction gives you dysfunction, we should talk about it. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually it just gets brushed off or guys blame themselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or they avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or sorry, honey, the Browns put me in a bad mood. I think we can all relate to that. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simply, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right. So, so speaking speaking of men issues, yes, let's talk about shaving. <laughs> Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters: sharp, durable blades at a fair price. Scruff hurts, guys. We don't like that sandpaper feeling against our face. With Harry's, you can get a close shave at a low price. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middlemen. 
manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been homing precision blades for a century, which means you get incredibly high quality blades at factory direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule, with or without a subscription, and there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of this show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Browns' dysfunction, going back to that Meredith. And we talked a lot about the culture in our very first premiere episode because it was right after the Jermaine Whitehead incident, which feels like forever ago, but that was really only two weeks ago. Right before the game, Antonio Callaway gets waived. And we find out, we think he's probably going to be facing a suspension for substance abuse, which Mm -hmm. I guess no surprise there. Yep. And then we had the whole Miles, Air, Miles Garrett incident that went down last night. And it kind of just leads to a lot of questions, again, about the culture, mm-hmm. about this team being undisciplined, and who is to blame for all of this? Because, again, this is not a good look. I don't think that the Haslams want this team to be tainted with these types of things. Yeah. I think what we have here is John Dorsey brought in these players <laughs> who... I mean, they're they're undisciplined, yes. But that also falls on coaching. So he brought in these guys that have pasts of, um, you know, not great. You know, you look at Callaway's past. You look at Whitehead's past. Um, obviously, Kareem Hunt. Uh, not that he's been a problem, you know, since he's come back. Like, I'm not saying that. But you see these guys with these histories that he brought in. And you have a coach who doesn't seem to manage these these egos and personalities and issues well because you see a very, very undisciplined team, like from from top to bottom, all of it. So when it comes time to blame somebody, I think you could you could literally point the finger in each direction at the players, coaches, John Dorsey, all of it. And you're right on every single one. So, I'd say at the top is John Dorsey, but then, you know, between coaching and players, I don't know who's more to blame there because granted, you know, it's Freddie's job to sort of like corral them and, you know, cut back on penalties and stuff. And they've done that. They've done their, their work on that. But as far as just behavior, guys, you got to, you're grown men. You, coaches like aren't, <laughs> yes, they're not babysitters. Start acting like grown men. Yeah. I'm with you, and I I just hate that we're even having this conversation once again because we're just yeah. put in this light of, oh, it's just the Browns. And to to be honest, at the game last night, because Brittany, you were there, mm-hmm. uh, I was there. The Steelers fans that were there, and there weren't that many of them. I definitely no. felt like there were they were few and far in between. But mm-hmm. people were getting along. People weren't causing fights. Sure. We were all there to just have a good time. And then this whole thing happened, and we're gonna have to face this team again in two weeks. And I'm worried about that. That was the thing that probably, um, I guess, upset me the most, is that you're going to have to face this team again. And 
thanks to this whole incident, thanks to Miles Garrett's very selfish act, Baker Mayfield now has a big target on his back. Um, if he gets hurt in that game, if and I don't put it past any of them because clearly we can't act like adults in this league anymore. Right. So I worry that there's going to be a level of retaliation there and Baker Mayfield's most vulnerable in this situation. Yeah, and we're playing at Pittsburgh. So, you know, the yeah. atmosphere is going to be not a good one. No. And especially after all of this happening, it's not an easy place to play in in the first place and the rivalry which I think we were all all talking about before leading up to this game doesn't even exist anymore yeah well now it feels like it actually has taken some bad blood um yeah. to, to just a new meaning altogether based on this whole scenario so it's going to be really interesting and obviously these guys have to get focused and play a, a Miami Dolphins team uh next Sunday and they have to stay focused and I think there's a lot that we need to ask of the team and I was going back to watch the game because I was there in person, and you, I feel like you miss a lot of things. And You right, do, absolutely. Right before the game, uh, Aaron Andrews had reported that Freddie Kitchens had made the comment to the team, keep your emotions in check. And I literally <laughs> sat there and I laughed, and I was like, wow. The exact opposite <laughs> happened yeah. throughout. Yeah. I mean, not throughout the game, but at the end of the game, it, it couldn't have been anything worse no. than not keeping your emotions in check so no and like that's the thing freddie kitchens you know he catches a lot of uh the fallout for all of he this does. and you know i totally understand when it's on the field and there are penalties uh that goes back to coaching but when it comes to you know behavior issues th- like i said these are grown men if they can't keep their emotions in check if they can't not you know rip someone's helmet off and like hit them with it like there's there's a problem here that goes beyond coaching and so i'm not this will be like the first time i'm ever super not quick to jump on freddie kitchens about something because i just think you know we don't hold nfl players to a specific standard obviously you look at you know i tweeted today and i said um I, I sincerely hope that we keep this same energy of, you know, throw him out of the league. He's the worst person ever. Next time somebody assaults or, you know, does something to a woman, which, you know, there will be a next time that's for certain. Unfortunately. Yes, because the NFL doesn't take any of this seriously. Um, and I, I would love to see the the outcry and the outrage from media people the way we saw last night when stuff like this happens, you know, when, when a woman is assaulted, whether, you know, domestically or sexually or whatever, this is important to me. And I know it's important to you ladies too. And it should be very important to everyone to hold them to a standard, whether it's on the field or off. And if you can't live up to that, you know, at some point you got to grow up. You got to start acting like a grown adult human. Yeah, there's there's just, you know, the NFL, there's so many things that we could talk about and so many directions that you could go with all of this, but they haven't had the best track record of actually being able to get disciplinary measures no. right. And I no. think it is really it is really hard because a lot of the things that you touched on, they don't happen on the field. And this one just happened to be on the field in front of everyone in the entire nation. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. And yeah. 
you know, we are we are both usually very positive people. So I'd like to end this show with trying to muster up any sense of positivity about really anything because it's been a hard day. Uh, we're very active on Twitter, and I think we've taken a lot of shots today. Uh, oh gosh, from it has a lot been of different nightmare. people. So I'm going to give you a minute to think about how you want to spin something in a positive manner. But I'm going to go ahead with mine and Twitter. You need to thank me because there were a lot of people today creating accounts to essentially come and attack me about one tweet that I had. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of responses from Michael four five eight nine four eight three two one. I've been called a lot of names today. Oh there have been a uh -huh. lot of a lot of eggs tweeting at me. A lot of no no face profiles a lot of people that have zero followers and only follow three people yeah so yeah twitter you got a lot of activity today from uh from me and yeah. i'm i'm honored i guess oh you should be and frightened a little bit <laughs> when they when they start making burner accounts just to uh -huh. rash you that's when you know you really made it so yep. congrats on on all of that block party yeah um so a positive that i can think of god that's such a hard thing to do right now um, you know, I'm still not embarrassed to be a Browns fan. Woo! And I, there you go. That's a positive. You know, I feel like everyone's coming down on them very heavily right now. Yes. And, you know, there was one really terrible moment last night. And, you know, the season has been tumultuous, uh, to put it, you know, nicely. Uh, week after week, we deal with these things that are unexpected and, um, I'm still I'm I'm still not embarrassed to be a Browns fan. That's my positive. Good. And you know, a lot of people tried to make Browns fans feel bad today, and I'm not going to do it. I won't, you know, turn my back on my team. I won't say, you know, this is a they're not like disgusting, terrible people. It, in my mind, it was just a bad moment, and it's a shame that it overshadowed everything else that happened last night. But you know, we still have games to play, guys. So <laughs> it's time to get ready for those. All right, so my positive, I've got a few positives and they're going to be very game-based because it was a win. I know it doesn't feel like it, yeah, but it was a win last night. Um, we had the first half, especially, we had a lot of flashes of 2018 Baker, of uh, yes. these this playmaker that's able to put his receivers in the right spot and to get the ball into the hands of his receivers at the right time. And you know, the, the 2018 Baker came back a little bit, you know, in the first half of the game. He was even there a tiny bit in at the podium after the game. So that is very encouraging to kind of see that the flashes of 2018 Baker yes. come out. Um, and we also have to give some kind of props to Joe Schobert for, you know, two interceptions and yeah. also Denzel Ward for tipping a ball for yep. an interception. Mm -hmm. I mean, those guys just they they played their asses off and they just looked so good. So it's and I know that last eight seconds seems to have ruined an entire game, but if you just if you stop it, if you if you DVR the game <laughs> and you rewatch it, just stop it before that that eight second mark. Third and twenty eight. Yeah, there you go. That's just, actually that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I'm gonna rewatch yes. it and just stop at that eight second and be like, oh, look bask at us in in a Browns win over the Steelers in the same season they had a win over the Ravens. Yep. So those are definitely some positives, and they've been incredibly overshadowed today by eight seconds. I commend the NFL for giving what I believe is appropriate punishments to three out of the four guys involved, and hopefully they will review the game tape on Mason Rudolph and come back yes. for something on him. But 
let's just enjoy the fact that we saw a little bit of 2018 Baker. We saw a lot of great things from Joe Schobert. We saw a lot of great things from Denzel Ward. And, you know, even Jarvis and OBJ were making plays on offense. So Mm -hmm. there are there are some positives that come out of that game. And we just have to hope that the Browns take those positive parts and try and uh, move forward with that momentum as opposed to what happened in the last eight seconds of the game. I'm so glad you brought that up because that pump fake from Baker Mayfield almost got me pregnant. So thank you for bringing up (laughs) the positives on the field because it was so exciting in the moment. It really was. Uh, All right, guys. Well, a little somber. That's what B said episode tonight. But thanks for tuning into our emergency pod. I hope we don't have to do one of these when it's a bad news emergency pod. Let's do a fun one the next time when we make the playoffs. How about that? Yes. Thanks for listening. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, however you listen to your podcast. Make sure you subscribe and rate, and we will see you next time.